0: The Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives.
1: Here we go. Perfect. All right. Welcome back, listeners. This is the Missional Life Podcast, and we are sitting here today with Dimitri from Nia Nazio- Zoe in Athens, Greece. Welcome. Dimitri, how are you?
0: Thank you for having me. I'm doing well.
1: It's 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 an honor to have you on the show yes, today. Yes, thank
2: you so much for um, your time and sharing about um, yourself and the organization with us today.
1: Wow, it's amazing to hear what. You. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing to hear what God's doing uh, through you and through the ministry there. Tell us a little bit about Nea Zoe. How did it start? It looks like it started maybe in in '96. Uh, tell us a little mm-hmm. bit ab- about the background and how you came to be the director of Neosomi.
0: Mm-hmm. So the ministry has been going on for some time. Uh, the ministry started through a person who came from Alaska. Um, she came to Greece because he felt uh, God telling her to come to Greece. She didn't, she didn't know exactly what she would be doing in, in Greece. Um, when she came to Greece to join the church, at first, she joined another ministry called uh, Helping Hands, which is a ministry to refugees. And um, as she um, commuted back and forth, um, uh, she um, got to see many girls. And um, uh, she always had a, a burden in her heart to do something about it. Um, she was a missionary. She uh, was working um, with uh, people in need. But uh, she didn't know exactly what to do to reach out to, this, to these women. And uh, she felt God's calling um, to uh, just... Uh, go to them and start a normal conversation. So we have this person from Alaska, um, uh, thousands of miles away in Greece, trying to reach out a person that is like next to us. But um, when you're marginalized, uh, the, difference, the, the distance is much bigger than just uh, the distance that you have uh, from uh, like the physical distance. So uh, that distance of being marginalized is far greater than the physical uh, distance. So uh, this person, um, Jennifer, she um, uh, did um, something very simple. She just approached that person and asked for her name. And that was uh, the beginning of the ministry. Uh, The ministry is based in uh, building relationship. And that first conversation, that first reaching out of a person to a marginalized person, a person in prostitution, was the, um, uh, the reason to uh, build uh, this something new, this new effort, which uh, later produced Nea Zoe. Nea Zoe in Greek means new life. And, and that's exactly what we want for the people we serve. Uh, so uh, originally, um, this first meeting, this first conversation with the, with the girl, um, led to uh, another conversation and yet another conversation, And um, uh, one of these girls on the streets knew another person who um, was uh, working in a brothel. And uh, sooner than later, uh, this first conversation led to many others. Mm. And it was very clear that even if uh, Jennifer, uh, and Jennifer Romild-Kuneghag is now... um, um, Working uh, in another organization that she created called a European Freedom Network. So she's still very active and uh, we're still in contact and she's uh, with Change News. So um, she um, uh, felt very clearly in her heart that this was something that God wanted her to do. To um, um, stop uh, working with refugees and start working with women in prostitution. Uh, so uh, that was the beginning of the ministry. At first, it was called uh, the Lost Coin, and uh, then it changed to uh, to a more positive uh, um, title, kind of uh, Nea which is New Life. Uh, so, yeah, that's how that's how it started.
1: Wow, I love how you said that she started with something simple. She just did something simple, and so mm-hmm. many times we we overcomplicate ministry. We overcomplicate responding to God. Um, and we think, Oh, I'm not ready. I can't do that because of A, B, or C. And oftentimes we get those, those thoughts in our head of, of something. I should do this. I should do that. But we just, we don't do it. We don't listen and we don't, and, and we miss out on so many things because we overcomplicate. But she just, she just. Listen. She responded, and she did something simple. It was a simple conversation, and like you like you said, it led to another conversation and another conversation. And now, women years later, women are being set free. And you know, not just Hmm. one, but many women per year are being set free because somebody responded and did something simple wow that's amazing
2: and I, I love um, what you shared about you know her emphasis on building relationships from the start that that is a huge part of the organization the mission um, because that's the heartbeat of Jesus is relationship with you know his sons and daughters and his love love for all of mm-hmm. um, all the people so yeah I think a, that's great mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's ultimately about fellowship about relationship that's what Jesus desires with us
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Jesus did say, did say, love your neighbor. And oftentimes, uh, the need is right next to us. And um, we kind of miss it because we are looking exactly like you said. We are looking for something uh, huge, for something uh, that would cause an, an, an amazing impact. But the impact we want to cause might be like next to us. And we might be uh, walking by the person that is in need. And um, oftentimes, uh, we... Uh, failed to see behind, um, behind what the person is showing to us. Um, in, in the case of uh, Nea Zoe, uh, again, uh, a very important thing is that, um, with of course, with God's direction, uh, Jennifer was able to see past the, uh, the image that this girl kind of portrayed, the image of a prostitute. So she was able to see uh, with God's uh, direction the person behind that, like the real person, mm-hmm. the person who has yeah. the same kind of needs as we do, so, um, we ha- who, that has uh, ambition like we do, that has um, the will to uh, do things in life. And she was able to uh, to look at that person uh, and to look through and to past the image of prostitution, to look the image of God inside that person, Man. that image mm-hmm. that needed restoration. So... Um, Uh, effectively again uh, it it might be very simple but it's exactly um, the simple things that are very difficult in life which is uh, how to reach out to a person that other people would consider uh, non savable or uh, a person that uh, no one should uh, care for uh, a person that has made their own choices a person that is uh, an outcast so by applying that uh, very simple principle of Jesus who um, who was there for those that were marginalized, for, the, for those that were outcasts of the society. And as we uh, read in the New Testament, all of his um, uh, quarreling and kind of, all of his arguments against the Pharisees, it was exactly about that, how to reach a person, not because they are worth it, but because they're made in the image of God. And even if they carry now an image that is um, appalling to people, Uh, no person is appalling to God. And uh, God's mercy and God's love is there for all those that actually uh, need it.
2: Wow, that that is so good. That's so true and and well said, Dimitri. Um, That's Mm -hmm. wow.
0: (laughs) And uh, and, yeah, so I I think that you asked me also uh, regarding myself. I kind of forgot to answer about that. Uh, So so to go back to, to that question, um, I got involved with Nea Zuri, uh in July 2012. Um, I had heard about the ministry before, and actually I was like, no, I'm never going to be involved with that. Like, like if any difference is going to be made by going out there and talking about Christ, yeah, right. Like, that's crazy. Uh, the first time that I thought about uh, being there, that's, that's what I thought. And um, I later... Um, uh, I was later kind of given the revelation of what I um, what have been told, had been told by God at that time. So at the time that I was like rebelling and I was like, no, I'm never going to do that. It's not worth it. Um, there was something of God that um, told in my spirit, that said in my spirit, uh, you will do it and you will like it. And I, I was, um, after I was one year in the ministry, that thought, was, that thought came up to my mind again. And um, I really, uh, it's, it's, it's something out of God that he led me to be part of this ministry. And um, I'm very happy that uh, I am a part of this ministry. And if nothing else, um, uh, whenever you are part of what God wants in your life, whatever that is, it might be a ministry or a job or whatever. Um, following that is uh, allowing God to work in you. So oftentimes people in ministry or people even in uh, responsible positions in ministry or in, in leadership, we often think of that person as a person who has a lot to give. But uh, in reality, we are all in a position um, that we need to receive from God. And, what I'm, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm very grateful to God for allowing me to be in this ministry because he has helped me grow. He has helped me grow in my faith. He has helped me grow in my trust, and um, through these years, um, I've been, uh, let's say, trained into very difficult uh, uh, situations, and um, all that makes you um, come closer to God. It kind of, it kind of, it, because of the uh, very difficult situation, you're kind of um, uh, forced to either drift away or come closer to God. Hmm. So uh, through the years and through the various difficulties and through the various difficult situations and in, in the lives of the people that uh, we uh, come across, um, I have learned to, um, to trust God more. I have learned to, um, to listen to his voice more, to just put myself on the side and allow his time and allow his, his will to take place. So, um, so yeah, I joined in, in July uh, 2012 and I've never left since. And um, um, it was uh, last year that uh, uh, the uh, a previous director decided to step down because of age uh, that I took over. And um, it's with great joy and with great sense of responsibility and with great um, a gratitude to God that I can uh, be in this position and um to listen to God and, uh, and to uh, allow uh, his will to take place in my life and in the in the life of the ministry
1: so good so good so tell us what does what does nazoe ne- ne- do on a weekly basis i know that you you go out and you you do street ministry what what does that look like when when people gather to go do ministry tell us a little bit more about that experience mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm yeah. So on a weekly basis, uh, since again our main uh, goal is to build relationship, um, is to be out there. Um, prostitution in Greece is legal uh, in a specific uh, space uh, with specific uh, uh, health requirements for the uh, person in that space, for the woman, uh, for that person, for that space to be, uh, for that place to be that much away from a church, from a school, and all of that. Um, So prostitution in Greece is legal as long as some requirements are met uh, in a specific place, but not on the streets. So in order for us to be able to build these relationships, uh, we have to be out there um, very frequently on a a steady basis so that they see us and they uh, trust us. Um, They have uh, experienced a life of uh, abuse and uh, a life where they can trust no one. Uh, so in order for us to be able to work in their lives, uh, we need to uh, be there for them, for them to be able to see us where they are, uh, so that um, uh, we can uh, have permission from them, kind of, to, uh, to work in their lives. So we will find them where they are, uh, whether that's on the streets or uh, in the brothels. Uh, so uh, in order for us to be able to find them wherever they are, we have five teams Uh, that will come together and uh, do outreach. And uh, then we have a couple of projects uh, so that uh, the second stage, let's say, uh, so that we are able to meet with them outside of the streets or of the brothels, uh, to meet with them in our drop-in center uh, so that the second stage takes place. So on an average week, uh, we would have uh, five outreaches. Uh, What we would do is uh, gather uh, and have... Before the outreach, uh, one hour of uh, praying, of praising the Lord, of uh, reading the Word, of filling up uh, with uh, with His presence. Uh, above all, it's a spiritual battle, and we need to be uh, able to fight it. We need to uh, wear the armor. And uh, we. Um, it, it's also a very good exercise for us to uh, remember that we're not the ones uh, fighting that war. We're not the ones uh, that have uh, the... Um, the ability, the wisdom, the knowledge, the know-how, whatever. We depend on Him. Uh, so uh, we uh, want to make a very clear declaration, again, to ourselves as we gather together that it's His work, and we want to empty ourselves from ourselves and fill up, fill up with Him and His Spirit. And um, as we do that, we get ready, uh, we will go out. So uh, on a Monday, on a Monday evening, we would gather at about 6 and um, uh, have the divorce until seven, we'll, we'll have two hours of outreach. We would go uh, to the uh, streets around the very central square of Athens, uh, where the girls uh, would be prostituting themselves. Uh, another team would go to the brothels. Uh, another team uh, on Wednesday morning um, would go to uh, the brothels from a different, on a different side. Another team on Thursday uh, evening, uh, midnight, would go to uh, the streets by car uh, to visit uh, what we call the Nigerian group. Women from Nigeria that have, uh, have come um, to, uh, to Greece and have uh, been trafficked um, into, uh, into prostitution. And uh, another team on Thursday midnight, a team that goes only to uh, the trans people, to the trans community people. Uh, so um, we would do outreach. Uh, we would go out uh, to where they are. Um, We would do this regularly. Uh, We would do this in prayer. Uh, We would um, um, listen to their stories, help them in practical ways. Um, We would uh, try to build that trust by being for them, uh, being there with them uh, in their time of need. Um, Again, when uh, this, uh, which is the first stage takes place and uh, we're kind of in a a next level situation and they can trust us more and they can come to our drop-in center, uh, we will be able to uh, host them in uh, one of our two uh, projects that we run now. Uh, we run a project uh, which which we call a cooking class, uh, and uh, we have started another project which is called uh, Now Bejeweled, uh, which is a jewelry project. And um, uh, in both of these uh, projects, are, our aim again is to build a co- to build community, to invite them uh, to invite them to be with us in the cooking class, for them to learn how to cook. And for us to spend some time together around the table, uh, you can build community. So uh, we get to spend time with them. Uh, we get to know them. They get to trust us more. And um, eventually uh, the, the end goal is for us to be able to assist them in the transition once God has freed them from inside uh, to, to see them, to, to help them in that transition from a life in prostitution to uh, a life in working, perhaps, uh, in the uh, sewing project which uh, got to be a, a non-profit business, uh, to, uh, to other projects in Athens that will be able to uh, hire uh, women that were in prostitution, whether forced or not, uh, so that they can transition to a normal uh, life. So uh, all in all, yes, uh, on, on, a, on an average week, uh, we would have uh, our outreaches We would have our projects. We would have the time with the girls when they come uh, to our office, to our our drop-in center. We would escort them to doctors. Um, We would uh, be with them. We would visit them at their places. And uh, all in all, again, we are uh, uh, trying to um, uh, have a deeper relationship with them, uh, whether that's out there on the streets or uh, in our drop-in center or for a cup of coffee or in their places.
1: Sure. Sure. Wow. Great. Um, amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, transitions? So, um, it's legal, tra- uh, prostitution is legal in Athens, yeah. but at the same time, um, many times it, it seems like a lot of these women didn't come legally into the trade. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about their transition from their life, wherever that was, Nigeria or wherever before yeah. and, how they came into it and then tell us a little bit more about how they come out. So are there certain indicators that you can look at them and uh, are that, that you notice that, man, they are, they're right on the verge. They're ready to make that transition. They're ready to move forward out of this, uh, out of this, this lifestyle and into Mm -hmm. more of a freedom lifestyle. Can you speak to us about those transitions?
0: Yes, of course. Uh, So uh, first of all, the, the, the uh, basis for that transition to happen is for them to uh, be freed uh, spiritually, Mm. Uh, for them to uh, break free from uh, the bondage of an identity that has been uh, imprinted on them, whether they wanted it or not. So uh, from uh, the various statistics, uh, it's not that uh, amazingly difficult for a person to stop for a while, but it's extremely difficult for the person to stop completely and that can only happen uh, when God has uh, restored his image uh, in their inner hearts so a little bit about the, back, the background of the women that um, we find on the streets and in the brothels of, uh, of Athens uh, like you said uh, prostitution is legal yes under specific uh, requirements and all of that but effectively, what we see is that out of, let's say, the 300 brothels that we estimate uh, even more, 300 plus brothels that are, uh, that are in Athens, um, yeah. uh, we, um, we know for a fact that only 10 or maximum 15 of them are legally registered. So um, there, there is a legal framework, yes, but it's not really kept. So uh, that uh, gives room to all kinds of trafficking rings to uh, operate and to bring in girls. From our experience, and you know, it's a very sensitive um, area, the area like people think, you know, have an image in, the, in their heads. Uh, a trafficked person needs to be a person who was uh, violently adapted and forced to, we get to see a lot of that, yes, but that is not the only reason that a person would be coerced to, do, to be in prostitution. Uh, there are all kinds of techniques that uh, 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 people who um, uh, uh, bring people to, uh, to this um, business, uh, all kinds of tricks that they will use to manipulate uh, people um, so uh, drugs, guns, and human trafficking are the top three uh, cr- criminal activities. And um, people say that uh, you can only sell uh, drugs and guns once, but you can, you, you can sell a person again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar business. And there are um, criminal, uh, criminals behind that. That um, uh, that are very serious about what they do. So there are various techniques. There are, there is a technique, that, the one that we all understand, like uh, adapt a person, uh, um, abduct a person, abduct a person, and uh, bring them to uh, a different country, remove all of uh, their um, uh, documents, the passport, and all that, and uh, have them locked in uh, a base- basement uh, for them to be abused and uh, mistreated and uh, forced. Uh, to end up in prostitution. And uh, after all of that training experience, even if um, one would think that uh, they would have the opportunity to notify someone and escape, well, they will not because they are terrified. And uh, even if they're not terrified for themselves, they will be threatened uh, that uh, members of their family uh, will be harmed and um, they, they mean business. Uh, when they're threatening people, uh, they know that the, their threats are not empty. So, uh, so these women that have been through uh, that trafficking uh, uh, experience, they will not say one thing. Uh, even if uh, they are arrested by the police, uh, we have heard of cases of women um, when there was a police raid inside the brothel, the women were brought there without their will. And uh, one would think that once they, were, um, uh, once they had the opportunity to be in front of a police officer and speak out and say, help me, um, they would do that. But they, they don't, because they're super afraid. So uh, many times, oftentimes, we think that uh, since it's legal uh, in Greece and in other places, then the women are doing this willingly, aren't they? No, they're not. And uh, in in many cases um, that we have seen, again, many cases of uh, many similar cases, uh, they will be very, very afraid to, let's say, to cross their controllers. And um, and let's say that um, this is not the majority. Let's say that we have uh, women that are not trafficked. Yes, that is true as well. But Again, when you have a person that comes from, a, from, a, from an environment that has been abused, uh, that, is, uh, that, that girl has grown up in a family that has close to nothing and that um, uh, has been sent even from the family to raise some money to support the rest of the family, is that something that happens by choice? Of course not. And when you have a person that grew up in an orphanage, and was, uh, uh, um, um, was betrayed by the people that were supposed to take care of it and ended up in Greece for a different kind of work and uh, was told, you know, you're not going to be uh, serving uh, drinks, you're going to be working in a, in a brothel. Is that something that happens by choice? No. And um, uh, after a while, what we see and what we might mistake as their choice is that even if they were trafficked, uh, like they were abused, they were brought this uh, uh, violently, they got members of their family threatened, once they are part of it, after a while, they will adapt the identity, and they will even defend it. And that is the very difficult thing to change. How does that identity that has been imprinted forcefully on them can change, because what they, are, what they are told by everyone, including, unfortunately, even oftentimes as Christians, is that they are who they are, and they are not acceptable by God. They should uh, carry that stigma, and um, they shouldn't say a word about it. And oftentimes, we Christians as well, we might consider them less. I, I can think of myself, uh, like I said, I got involved about nine years ago, and before that time, I was thinking like, you know the best that I can do is just avoid these places and just mm, I shouldn't care about them. I mean, uh, they, uh, they know what they're doing, they know that, that what they're doing is wrong, and they should change their way of life. And it's easy for, for someone to you know, to just write them off. It's very easy. And what God has taught me is that um, uh, we need to be very careful as to how to judge people and we need to um uh, to listen to their stories like to listen to um to why to listen to how and to offer that there's the same love that god offered to us without us deserving it and it's very easy for us to to write them off however they're in need of someone to be able to to reach out to them and uh, the only one who can pull them out of all that which is a, a vicious circles of shame of stigma, of uh, all of this thing, even if they don't want to end up there, is someone who will see them for what they were made. And they were made according to the image of God. And um, when when we are able to look past what has been imprinted on them, then we are able to be used by God to bring freedom to that soul. So um, that person who uh, has been, uh, let's say, trapped into prostitution, will think um, twice about uh, trying to go back to normality because uh, that's what everyone is telling her Her, her environment, her, the people, the controllers, that's what you're good for. No one will accept you for, um, for, uh, for anything else. Uh, you can never escape from it. And that is something that they are repeating to her. And again, oftentimes the society will place the same tag on her, like you're a prostitute, you're no good. And um, uh, the only way for that to break, the only way for that person to, um, to uh, be restored and for the restoration to happen, and that's what we, uh, that's, let's say that's an indicator, that's how we understand that the person is able to move on, is uh, for that person to trust her life to, to God. And when that moment happens, they might be in prostitution still. They might be even in prostitution. They might be doing this again willingly, but when we understand, we when we we can understand that we can feel that we that this person committed their lives to God. Then that's the beginning of a change. And what what we have learned, what I have learned in this ministry, is to be patient. Um, we are often, you know, we carry that thought. And it's, it's a good thought. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, we believe and we know that we have a mighty God. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. we believe that since we will carry that mighty God, even in a hopeless situation, it will only be maybe once, twice, three times, we'll go out there and we'll, and we'll see a radical change. But we come across such difficult uh, cases. Prostitution is only the, t- the cherry on top. You have before that, you have abuse, you have lack of trust. You have a, a, broken, uh, a broken vessel. And God needs time because He is working with people. He's not forcing people. He's taking the time to bring the pieces together. And that takes time. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally, I learned how to be patient in allowing God to work in the lives of the people we meet. I found myself oftentimes um, being almost angry at God. Like, why aren't you doing anything? I mean, we've we been seeing that person forever and uh, we've been helping that person and why aren't you not doing anything? But God has his time and when He, uh, w- w- the way that he is working, he's working in a perfectly uh, balanced way. And um, uh, so, so, yeah, the, the, uh, the emphasis is on them placing their trust on God which will allow them uh, for uh, for their for their soul to be restored, and that 's the beginning
1: wow, there's so much there, wow, I love that in the scriptures we just see Jesus focusing so much on newness behold i i i make all things new and he who is in christ is a new creation so uh when we have that new identity wow like it's, it's just so freeing and yet we're not perfect right after that it, in our spirits we are perfect but it doesn't mean our physical and our emotional life changes immediately they there's the process there's a there's um uh, there's the process of becoming holier right and and yet in our spirits we're made perfect at that point when we accept christ but um but beyond that, it's, it's a process, and so this whole identity change is, is a huge thing because identity is so important to how we see ourselves and how we and how we project ourselves. If we see ourselves as a sinner, and if we see ourselves as unacceptable to to God or to other people, that has a huge impact on how we uh, how we do anything and everything in our entire lives. And so, wow, that's so good um that they that they have to see themselves free that they have to in their mind and and i in their identity uh begin to move towards that and again it's not an immediate process it's patience and that's a that's another big thing for for us as christians is that so many times we're in such a rush here in america everything is rush 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 all the time and i think that's you know across many cultures and yet we see in Scripture that sometimes Jesus, he's just he's at a he's at a pace of a walk. He's not in a rush to go from village to village. He's not in a rush to go minister to, uh, you know, the multitudes. And, and sometimes he walks away from the multitudes because he just needs to go and be still. He needs to go fellowship. He needs to go again remind himself of his identity in in sonship, and then from from that sonship, from that identity, go and minister to others. And not, uh, to, again, so many, t- so many times we try to do something in order to get the, get the, uh, the affirmation and to get the, um, acceptance of God. And yet. As Christians, really, it, we do things from acceptance. We do things from his uh, His identity in us. And so we get that backwards sometimes as, as Christians, uh, and we try to get it from God, but he's already given it to us, really. And we have to really do everything from that acceptance. And so, wow, you, you hit so many good topics there. Great.
2: And I think I just love what you said about, you know, the patience. It's though you know you can't necessarily see everything that's going on with your own physical eyes with you know the way you shared about sometimes it feels frustrating like god what is going on you know it's trusting the spiritual eyes that we see by faith you know we walk by faith not by our own sight mm-hmm. and you know i just i love what you said you know the that you and um people that you know work with nazoya just how you um spend time to really fill yourselves up with God and just go. That's how you arm yourselves. It's like you're, you know, people put on uniforms to go out and work their job. And that's the uniform that you guys are putting on there um, to go out and build a relationship with these women. And essentially because you are filling yourselves up and mm-hmm. focusing on Christ, that is what they're going to see. That light is shining out when you go there and God is doing work that, Though you Mm -hmm. can't always see it in the physical, there's stuff going on in the spiritual realm that is just making the enemy super mad (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and bringing such glory to God and such hope that, you know, wow, there's people that care because there is a God who cares about Mm -hmm. them. And that's just awesome.
1: One other thing, too, is uh, that I'm learning personally is that so many times as Christians, we operate... Uh, just on, on just what's left over, what's left over because ministry and business and life, just period is hard, uh, sometimes. And we try to do things on leftovers, and that's not how God wants us to do things. We can, uh, and it'll go okay, um, but that's not how, um, how we experience those huge yields and and, uh, we really need to be operating out of overflow. And that's just a huge word for me right now is that when God pours into us, kind of like you said, when you spend that time before you go do do ministry, you spend time just focusing on him, letting him pour into you to the point that you're full yourself. And then you can go overflow that uh, into other people's lives Mm -hmm. and pour that over them. And, And it's just like that salve. It's just that, it's that, you're pouring it, this, this love, this compassion, this, uh, you're, you're speaking identity into them and over their wounds. And there's just something that is, that feels good about that. And they, the the word says that they'll know your Christians by your love. And when you can just go love people for who they are, not see them as a a piece of trafficked, uh, meat at the piece of trafficked, uh, whatever possession, um, but see truly into their true identity and call out that, that, that sonship or that daughtership into, uh, in them and say, no, you are more than this. You're not this. This is not your true identity. God has made you so much more. And here come, let us show you that. Let us just come and and build that into you because that's what Jesus ultimately says. He comes to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And that's what Jesus, he, he calls us out. And, and in some ways you guys are calling them out of this lifestyle. Come, it, it's so, it's been so hard. You've been so used. You've been so overwhelmed by so many things. Come and just um be still, be with us. Let us just tell you who you really are. Wow. That's so good. So mm-hmm. when people transition away from this, what opportunities are there i know that's that's a big deal for a lot of ministries that are are working in traffic uh, trafficking is that you transition them and they they get out great but then, what? What does that look like? Because so many times they've been transitioned away from their homeland. Do they have a net social network? How do you plug them in? Uh, how mm-hmm. do you how do you build that sort of unit and family and that support system around them so that they can move forward into this new life that, that you know Nea Zui, uh helps helps build?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so let me give you an example. Um, so actually, very recently, uh, it's only been. Uh, How much time? Maybe even less than a month. Um, We had, let's say, um, kind of the um, transition phase of a person we knew for at least five years. Uh, We've met that person on the streets. Uh, That person is not from Greece, it's from a different country. I'm not going to give many details uh, so as to avoid, you know, you never know. So uh, we only provide... (laughs) for very little detail uh, <laughs> so that the past of that person's life belongs to the past mm. uh, sure. so it's, it's forgotten, it's okay. uh, forgiven and um, so we only share very basic details, I'll share enough for you to understand what uh, what, what happened, but I will not uh, indicate names, countries and all that, so very basic details so, so as to avoid any identification, again you never know
1: sure. uh,
0: so uh, so we had this we we used to see this person um on the streets of Athens for 5 years and uh, from the beginning uh from uh, from the time that she started um being on the streets uh it took how many it took about 3 years for us to be able to uh, to be allowed, let's say, into her life and for her to share her story. Three years. Uh, every week we have been seeing her, we have been uh, uh, there for her, we've been uh, praying with her even, but it took three years for her to open up a bit, just a tiny bit. Uh, from there on, it took one more year until she revealed the entire story and again it wasn't the entire story we found about that uh, 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 later but we thought it to be the entire story so that person uh, uh, that was very close with us and uh, we we created a community for her and we were there for her we had people speaking her language even and um, she, she knew that she could come whenever she wanted in you know, a drop-in or give us a phone call and we we'll would we'll, be there. And uh, with that person, um, we have been planning through an IOM return program, an international organization for migration. So this, this, um, this organization um, helps people return to their countries. So uh, she wanted to go back to her country. And we were so happy about this, you know after so many years, there was real progress. She, she, she actually has a home where she uh, she is from, her own home. Her husband was waiting for her. she has children where she, uh, she returned a, a while ago. But all of this time in, in Greece, all of this, all of these experiences, all of this had created some kind of an invisible um, bondage, spiritual bondage that uh, blinded her mind blinded her her uh, her better judgment from going back to her country where she would no longer be on the streets she would no longer uh, be endangered by whoever uh, picked her up from the streets uh, and uh, did whatever and um, this uh, five year process was necessary for that person. To uh, go back to her country only a while ago, so uh, so three years it took three years for her to actually share some of her story. Um, it took one more year to share almost all of her story, and it was in the beginning of this year, so uh, that she was about to go back through the through the IOM program, but the last moment at the last moment, even though. We managed to help her in in, uh, in getting back her, her papers because uh, she had lost them. We, we brought two uh, people to testify that this is the person that, she, it, it's a long process anyway. We went into, length, into lengths to be able to help her get all of the necessary so that she would go back, she would transition back to a, a very normal life with her husband, with her, with her own house, no longer being out there on the streets, uh, in danger. And she hesitated the very last moment. It, it took so much effort for us to be able to get her there, but at the last moment she, she hesitated. So that was in the beginning of this year. And a while ago, uh, this ended up very well. So we're still, in, we were still in contact with her where she is. Uh, we know people from the place that she is, and we have brought her in connection with these people. We are trying to connect her with the church there. Uh, so the transition, let's say, it took all of these years, it took a, a failed effort that, that had us so disappointed. We tried so hard. We, um, we really wanted to, to see her um, move forward. She hesitated. She kind of uh, disappeared for a while. Uh, it was only a few months ago that we were able to... Uh, have a contact again and uh, to see that she was actually uh, willing and happy to, uh, to go through that transition. And it's amazing uh, to see now that she's actually back home with her husband, with her children, being so happy. I was on the phone with her yesterday. She got her papers, her official papers where she is now. And she was so happy. And uh, to see that transition, it took five years. Wow. And um, in, in, others, in other uh, people's lives, um, wow. we have seen parts of that transition. Uh, so we have known another person for even more than five years. And uh, we have helped her through all kinds of very difficult situations. Um, she is doing better and better and better. And she's part of uh, our jewelry project And uh, which will, uh, God willing, will very soon bring fruit. Uh, We're we're in the process of having that turn into a non profit business. We're 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 a couple of weeks away. We have already almost finished up our website. Oh, that's awesome! uh, Yeah, amazing! Uh, And and praise God for it. I mean, uh, this whole thing, this whole project, happened. um, um, Started actually, the idea started. Only a couple of months ago, it was in the summertime, and this person who had volunteered with Nea Zoe 13 years ago, 13 years ago, but was so shocked about what she saw that she never came back, she is, she's now making jewelry. And she always kept in her heart uh, these needs, and she always wanted to do something for these girls. And this summer she comes and says, you know something, I've heard this in my heart, And I want to offer to you guys the possibility for us to work together and for a a project for the girls to make jewelry and for this jewelry that's good quality stuff to be sold and um, uh, for them to have uh, some money to, and later on, again, we want them to be hired. That's That's another stage of the transition. In order for them to be fully out of it, they need to be employed. They need to have some kind of steady income. Mm -hmm. because, uh, again, the the beginning is, of course, that they will need to trust their lives to God, of course. But from there on, they will uh, need to have even the the tiniest of incomes in order to support themselves and oftentimes their children. They have children oftentimes. So uh, if they don't have anything, then even if they don't want to, they will be forced to go back in order to feed their children. Hmm. So. In order to be able to to, uh, succeed into uh, the transition uh, to a normal life, we make uh, every effort, and again, this project that I mentioned is only one of them. There are other projects, uh, Christian bookshops, uh, Christian uh, non-profit businesses uh, for sewing. Um, We're planning, again, to have uh, another non-profit business regarding the cooking class. So we want to see a restaurant. Uh, come to life and for the girls like so many of them uh, like when we got to know them they will be so proud you know I can cook like no one and and they can Mm -hmm. they will come into uh, into the project and they will cook something and it's like uh, super super taste. like you could actually um, see that person working in a restaurant or in a catering of some sort and making life without having to be in, in prostitution. So so our effort is to have as many of these uh projects end up in end up in being non-profit businesses so that we can employ them for for a, for a while not forever uh, so as they they transition back to normal life because when they are used to in that lifestyle again whether they want it or not it has been imprinted on them uh and um when they are to go back to normality, they do not perceive it in the same way as we do. For instance, if they have been, especially for people that have been trafficked, uh, their their idea of freedom is that I will do whatever I want, meaning what? That I will show up for work whenever I want. And if I don't want to, I will not show up for work. So the, the idea of freedom is messed up in their minds because... Um, they have been abused so much that um, our normality is not something that they can step in directly. So when we will employ them in our nonprofit businesses, we will be very patient with them. They might not show up one day at work. Uh, Like we will call them later, why did you know, I didn't feel like it. You know, it, it sounds very strange for a normal person, but in their minds, that's freedom. Because they were not able, they were not allowed, they were not free to make any choices in their lives. They were forced to do something they didn't want to. So, freedom for them is to um, make that choice, which sounds silly to us, but it's freedom for them. So, uh, the, the transition back to normality uh, would mean that they would have to uh, go through these uh, uh, efforts of ours, these uh, this nonprofit businesses of, uh, of any type where they would be able to uh, slowly readjust to normal life, to understand how things work. Oftentimes, they need to be given lessons as to how to, how to use the money, how, how to use the money that they have. Uh, like very simple uh, uh, skills, like the ones that we think that are, we take for granted, for many people, that's, uh, that's something that they need to be uh, educated on. To be, uh, they, they need to learn it. So uh, transition, again, can happen, but it takes time. And um, in the end, uh, for a tra- complete transition to happen, uh, that person needs to have a steady income of some sort. Or in the case that I mentioned before, to go back to their family. And, uh, and uh, for them to uh, experience the safety of uh, an environment that loves them and cares for them. And uh, that's exactly what we want. We want to show that love and we want to show that care so that they're able uh, to, uh, to grab on that and uh, uh, picture a different life than what they're living.
2: You know, there's just um, with all that you just shared, which thank you so much for um, just all of that, that, really just brings to light things that I think most of us wouldn't even think about as far as, especially the idea of freedom. Um, mm. You know, the way that you explained it, it makes such sense as to why they would make those decisions not to show up because, you know, that's their idea, you know, that they have developed in their mind because of what they've been through. And, um, but just a couple of verses that came to mind with all this was, um, you know, do not become weary in doing good. At the proper time, you know, you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. I just feel like that's such a foundational verse for all the work that you guys do, week mm-hmm. after week after week after year after five years, like the story you shared with us um several minutes ago. And also, um, you know, it occurred to me as we were talking to just, you know, the definition of love that's found in the Bible. It says love is patient. I find that interesting that that is the first word <laughs> to describe love okay. in that scripture in the Bible. Love is patient and how you shared that you guys are just very patient with them because you know, their situation, you know, who they are, you know, that's not their intention. They're not just saying, oh, I don't feel like it cause I'm lazy and I don't want to go in. That's not why you know, the reason why, and you're just coming alongside and saying, Hey, it's okay to show up again. You know, we'll keep we'll keep going. You know, and I feel like that's such a heart of God is, hey, you know, I I know you don't have this down yet, but you're gonna keep growing, and I'm gonna st- stay with you, um, and never leave you or forsake you. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Yeah. and yeah. and the whole time you're talking, I just kept on hearing this word restoration, restoration, because God is the God who restores. And yeah. for our listeners, that's you know remember, when you go through things, when you go through hard times, God and Joel promises he will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He will restore our God. That's one of his names. He is a restorer. And that story of of this woman getting back to her family, getting back to her husband, getting back to her children, being restored, not just, you know, physically being there, but identity wise as well. I am wife, I am a mom, I am not this person, I'm not this thing, I'm not this trafficked individual, I am now wife, loved, I am loved as a mom, and God restored that, it took time, and so many times we just, we want to rush things, and and sometimes we slow things down, we make poor decisions, but God promises he will restore if and, and we just have to we like like Amanda was saying, patience, patience. God is restoring. And so many times we again, you know, I, you, you know, Amanda, we you know, everyone walks through challenges, walks through things, and and you know, you have things taken from you. And God is restoring that. He will restore to the years of the locusts of Eden if you are just patient, if you keep your eyes focused on him, if you trust him enough, if you don't give up it will come back to you. Really? will come back to you. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So, If I were to give like another example that comes to, to mind, uh, a different kind of transition. Uh, this person is from Africa, right? And uh, she, was, um, uh, she worked in a second-hand uh, clothing uh, market, let's say, in the local bazaar. And she, um, this person came from, uh, from Europe um, and um, uh, she offered, after, after she gained trust, after buying a lot of items from her shop, she offered her a better uh, job. And um, that person um, believed that promise and uh from africa so that person from africa uh went into a plane to that country uh that country is turkey and um uh, she arrived anyway and she was promised a good job as, as a maid in a rich person's uh, house and when she arrived in that uh, place she was uh, uh her uh, the, the documents were removed from her uh, she was uh, led into a basement, and uh, they were, they took pictures of her and they uh, posted them on the on the website. And that person who brought her uh, pretended to be uh, the person in the pictures and chatted with customers. And clients were coming, and they were um, they were thinking that you know she was actually wanted to do that. Uh, so, anyway, see, long story short, she was well, abused and uh, tormented. Uh, she ended up uh, being smuggled in, in Greece. And uh, even though she was free, she was not controlled anymore, she ended up on the street again. It oftentimes happen. It starts with um, them being uh, forced into it, and then they're doing it themselves because they're thinking, if I had to do this uh, for somebody else's gain, now that this identity is in me, which is exactly what we said before, it needs to be removed, it needs to be restored, then I will do this for money. But it so happened for that person, for us to uh, find her in the middle of the night as we do outreach to, uh, to that group of people. And um, um, we uh, talked to her about who we are, what we do. So it was the first time she saw us. And um, we never saw her again. Then the lockdown came then we were looking for people to see if they uh, had needs to help them with food and all that. And there was one person that said that the only thing that I would need is for a person to come and read the Bible with me. And um, we did, of course. Long story short, that person is, who, who used to be a, like a clear-cut trafficked case is now free, is now um, attending church,
2: Awesome.
0: is now uh, working in one of these uh, non-profit businesses that I told you, in a bookshop. Uh, she, uh, she's living life with us. Uh, we're very happy to have her. And this person transitioned fairly quickly, which is not the case, uh, usually. But this person transitioned from a traffic situation of absolute abuse to freedom with her own work now, with her own money, uh, being grateful to God and growing up in, in him. And another thing about those people that come from Africa, especially the Nigerians, is which is another way of them being in bondage, it's called juju magic. It's not voodoo, it's, it's called juju. It's similar to voodoo. So juju is uh, a dark magic ritual that they're forced to go through uh, and uh, it, it it involves uh, blood and uh, uh, cutting off hair and all that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, they are uh, led to believe that if they cross their traffickers who uh, tell them that they own them and that if they want to be free, they will have to repay a debt of... Uh, they make up a debt, let's say 50,000 euros. So they are led to believe that if they cross them, they will either end up dead, or somebody of the family ends ends up dead, or they will either end up crazy, or somebody from the family ends up crazy. And because we also know that there is a dark spiritual world, in some cases it has happened. So the emphasis on spiritual freedom and their environment, in their background, is even greater. So Again, transition from this person, regarding this person, from a life in uh, slavery to a life in freedom through Christ Jesus.
1: Fear comes to mind. Wow, fear is so powerful, and fear keeps you trapped in an identity. It's, it's the it's the enemy's tool, and mm-hmm. he he tries. He, it's so powerful that fear factor when you don't know, and when when you're when you're threatened with something. Um, fear can keep you living a life that just um is wrecking havoc on your emotional and on your spiritual state, um because you're too you're just too fearful. Wow. Juju magic is that what it's called?
0: Juju magic, yeah, juju. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Wow. People can Google it like a G, a, a J-U-J-U. juju. If you Google it, you'll see all kinds of videos, uh, on, even on YouTube about what these uh, these rituals are and how they uh, how they're trying to uh in, instill fear in the uh uh hearts of uh, the people who go through that
1: but the word is powerful and how you said that person just wanted to them to read the word with them, and and the word that comes to mind is, is that it's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's it's powerful enough to cut through identity and and break out, um, cut down to the deep core of who a person really is. That they are truly innately sure. made in the image of God, and then it can cut. The word can cut through to that and pierce those things and open it up so that they can be, they can receptive to that word and make that transition. And when that happens, like you said, in this case, it happened quickly. So when the, Mm -hmm. when that, when that piercing can happen and when, when that crushing happens and, and when you can truly get down to that core of who a person really is, transitions can happen um, so quickly. It's not God restores. And and sometimes it takes a long time and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's quick, it's quick. And we never Mm -hmm. quite know how exactly it's going to play out, but he will restore. If we uh, if we are patient enough, sometimes it's quick. Um, mm-hmm. but we also have to be willing to endure and and trust um, trust the process, trust the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can
2: I ask you a question, Dimitri, um, regarding being the director, um, how do you as a leader um, keep yourself filled up to um, just be provide good leadership for the organization and what struggles do you face and how do you walk through that and how do you um, keep moving mm-hmm. forward and keep people inspired and motivated I guess is what I'm trying to ask <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yes uh, so um, I think again that um, all of these years in the ministry um, have taught me to empty myself of my, from myself so uh, the thing that I can do best and the thing that I want to do best is lead by example in the sense of uh, showing to people that I am nobody. I don't want to, them to think that I... That they, they, I don't want them to look up to me in the sense that I am their uh, leader. God is everyone's leader. Hmm. And uh, what I want to do best, better than anyone, is to empty myself off my, from myself and allow God to work in me. Uh, if I'm able to do that... I think that uh, the one who is in me will inspire them. Mm. and The one who is in me will uh, give me the wisdom as well to to tackle difficult situations. Of course, there are difficulties, um, and uh, that's the way life is. Um, But again, uh, what I have learned uh, tackling difficult situations is that um, it's only a prompting from God to trust Him more. Mm. and rely yes rely on his wisdom rely on on all that and um uh another thing that i would like to be let's say a good example is to um not to ask them to work but to see for them to see me to be first at work Mm. to, to do more work than they do so that they're inspired not because um i'm any better but uh, because they will um, see that um, responsibility comes with working harder and not having other people work hard for you. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm trying to, well, in a sense, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to apply the Jesus model. Mm-hmm. Because he came down, he did all of the hard work, and he was in communication with the Father. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's my prayer.
2: Wow. That's, thank you for sharing that. That's so good. Um, I, that's just so good. Thank you. I'm sure the listeners will just really be blessed by that as well. So thank you.
1: So we want to be respectful of your time too. Um, tell us how uh, our listeners can connect with, with Nia Zoe, And, uh, also, uh, what, what's the website? How can we, how can our listeners find out uh, about the jewelry that you guys are, uh, are creating?
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, I haven't uh, created the webpage yet for the jewelry, but uh, I will be, it will be short. I think by the time this uh, podcast is aired, I will have uh, put it into place. So people can um, uh, look uh, for neazoi.org, n-e-a-z-o-i.org. Uh, they can look us up there. Um, so uh, there will be a link for that uh, website. It will be called uh, uh, bejeweled.org. It's almost ready, bejeweled like uh, in the in the known verse, uh, like like made beautiful masses and all that. So so bejeweled.org, and people will be able to buy uh, stuff uh, internationally. Uh, they can uh, they will be able to go into the website, look at the uh, the the jewels, see what they like, and uh, order it, and uh, it will come into uh, it will come to their uh, homes. Um, people can uh, connect with us. Um, also well, we have a, a private Facebook group, uh, so it's a bit, uh, I guess they can connect with you and, uh, once they connect with you, um, um we, uh, we will be able to allow them in, uh, we, we allow people only, uh, only people that we know and we can trust and, uh, people can, uh, leave their emails and they will receive, uh, our news into the, uh, into their mailboxes. And um, I, if anyone would like to uh, contact me personally, um, they can um, contact me at uh, contact at or at uh, Dimitris at neazoy.org.
1: Great, great. Wow, what an honor to sit with you today and to, to learn about what is going on in Athens and how you are helping people Re, uh, rediscover their identity, their true identity in God, and how you're transitioning them from this life of being trafficked to freedom and new identity. Wow, amazing. Thank you so much. We
0: this all mine. Thank you very much for the invitation. And I'm very happy to, uh, to be with you and share with uh, your listeners uh, what God is doing. And uh, the, the glory belongs to him and to him alone.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Dimitri.
2: Thank you so Thank much.
0: You